There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Everybody. Welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode 41, I think. Uh, my buddy Drake Nelson stopped by the house today, and uh, we're going to chat with him for a little while. Drake, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm, uh, I had a great new year and a uh, good holiday season and stuff. Was on the road, got some, uh, got some gigs for dick jokes and stuff, and it was great, man. What about you? How was your holiday? You mean on the... Over New Year's you had? Uh... Well, no, right before, so like the last two weeks or of December. Okay. I was in Reno and then Vegas, so that was nice. Oh, yeah, who are you, in, who are you with in Vegas? Uh, I was with John Wesley Austin, who's a cowboy guy, and uh, they do rodeo week in Vegas every year. So. Right. And I think I think they like bringing me in, too, because I'm a Nevada boy. And, you know, did some rodeo and shit. Did John Wesley Alston teach you how to scam anything? <laughs> the guy has a scam for everything. Like, like everything. Like, he's like, you want to get out of paying for that? Yeah. Here's what you do. And I'm like, okay. Like, like I haven't worked with him. I haven't seen him in forever. But uh, he always had a freaking scam for something about how you get around paying for anything. Oh, like, yeah. Jesus, this guy. Oh, yeah. Well, he's like a big, he's like a uh, survivalist too. And, you know, he's a huge conservative and he's got like this piece of property in like, I, th- I want to say in Georgia, right? He's like a prepper, you know what I mean? Like he has oh, all these like, gadgets and stuff for the end of the world coming up and all really? that. Yeah, but he's a cool guy. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's just like, that's the dude you call like if the shit goes down. I never knew that about him. Yeah. He's a survivalist. I always guy. send him stuff I see on Facebook, you know, like there'll be a little gadget that you put in water and it'll like filter it yeah. and make it clean drinking water. Like I send him all that shit. He's like, oh, thanks, man. Or I'll send him like a hatchet with like a flashlight on it, you know, just little gadgets <laughs> in case the end of the world zombie apocalypse happens. Well, what if the what if the end of the world comes and you don't have that shit? Uh, well, I, you know, you I'm send all your end of the world shit to fucking John Wesley. Austin. I'm I'm a goner anyway because I'm fat. I'm not gonna outrun any of those <laughs> things. I probably just volunteer to get eaten. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, what was that Woody Harrelson zombie movie where they talk about like, yeah, fat people are done. Like, you gotta have good cardio to outrun the zombies, you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember that, no. I forget what it is, but uh, it was like a zombie movie a couple years ago. Woody Harrelson's in it. And the whole movie, the point of the movie was like they were trying to find Twinkies. You haven't seen this movie? No. I bet someone listening has seen this movie. You bet what? I bet someone listening to your podcast has seen the movie. I don't know, there's only like 14 of them, so. <laughs> <laughs> listeners? Or, yeah, or zombie movie. Yeah, I don't even know how many listeners I've got, because you can only see on SoundCloud. Yeah. But, um, I pretend it's hundreds of thousands. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you're enjoying my... Uh, you have a very impressive VHS collection here. Yeah. This is Speaking really... of the end of the world, this is where you need to come. You just need a big bag of weed. Yeah. And, uh, and come to Gaither's office. Oh yeah. Because I've got... That lo- that line alone, like we said, has uh, 
what's Fargo, Tombstone, uh, Forrest Gump, yeah, Tombstone, about Shawshank, America's History X, Back to the Future. Yeah, that's an impressive one. That one right there alone is, uh, and you pointed out Blue Chips. Blue Chips is a movie like that will never be on Netflix. Yeah, it's got Nick Nolte, Shaquille O'Neal, and it's a it's a great movie. Dude, you know what I saw Sunday that was it's easily in the top five cheesiest movies I've ever fucking seen is uh, Con Air. Oh yeah, with Nick Nolte. It's Nick, great. Nick Cage. He's like you're my hummingbird. Oh my god. You know Chappelle's in that movie. Yeah, Dave Chappelle has a part in that movie. Yeah, at the very end, he's like running along beside the plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst Southern accent I've ever heard. Brutal. That brick, that Nick Cage, you're my hummingbird. <laughs> That's what he calls See, like girl. to me, because I'm a West Coast guy, I didn't really grow up hearing a lot of Southern accents except for movies and shit, so it was completely passable to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, I would imagine for someone like yourself, it's like, <laughs> a fucking big joke, you know? Well, I mean, just, you know, it's like, God, dude, you're an actor, you can't even do a southern accent. <laughs> you think that would be taught in yeah, acting class. I mean, that's, that's the number one thing. That's why there's so many, like, I used to do these really funny, uh, I have this funny character, Virgil Earl, this redneck character, that I thought was really funny. I still think he's really, the character's really funny. But it gets, it, it. Like, when I first started doing it, uh, people liked it and everything, but then a friend of mine from high school sent me a video of this guy who's like, this reminded me of you. And it was some guy that was, like, at a chili cook-off, and he was just a complete <laughs> dumbass. He, like, couldn't, he was he said, like, turlet instead of toilet. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, well, if that reminds me of you, if that, if that makes <laughs> you think of me, then I don't even want to do that shit anymore. Because <laughs> it was just so, like, because the, the redneck character I have, he's like, you know, he's a redneck, but he's not a dumbass, he's not a racist, he's not any of these typical, uh, stereotypical mm -hmm. things. Um, I mean, he is, if you don't listen to him properly, you know, you might just think he's a dumbass, but anyway. It I kind of like Turlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you would. How you, how you liking, uh, you've been driving a Lyft lately? How's yeah, that, that's how's what that I do when I'm not, like, performing, I'm not on the road and stuff. It's good, man. It's like, a good job for, uh. For a comic. Yeah, it is. Or a substitute teacher. You could do that. But, you know, I, it's, I don't know. Like, there are some comedians I've met that do it, and they don't talk about being a comedian. They just drive the car. Yeah. You know, they're like a typical driver. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're almost ashamed to say that they're a driver. And, uh... We can cut it out if you want people to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally fine with it, because that's, that's what I do. I've got to hustle out here, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've been out here a year and a half. Has it been that long? Yeah, ago? I came out here. Yeah, Drake. Like August. A little background on Drake. He was uh, he was actually the first guest I think when I decided to do a podcast. Yeah. But this was before I had it on SoundCloud or iTunes. Yeah, or we did Stitcher YouTube, or any of that think. shit. Yeah, it was just on YouTube, and uh, um, so Drake was the first person to actually be on it, and uh, so you'd have to dig a little bit to find that one. I think it's on. Uh, it might be on SoundCloud, but. Anyway, so it's been a year and a half already that you moved out here, but we initially worked together in Reno, and uh, I enjoyed working with you. I don't always enjoy the MCs that I work with. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Drake not only did a good job, but he was fun to hang out with off stage. So, uh, so he's come out here. Town, man. <clears throat> yeah, I've tried to. Uh, I don't know. I wish I had more pull around here. I wish I could do more shit for you. But um, have you been back to the comedy store since you did that open mic? 
No, uh, just because, you know, we had holidays coming up and I did some road gigs and stuff and, yeah, you know, it, it, I've been just focusing on just surviving out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you make pretty good money driving the lift? Yeah. I do this thing now where like I take it real easy during the week, maybe three, four hours a day Yeah. just to make like 50 bucks and then I hit it real hard on the weekends. Okay. You know, like this, we just had New Year's Eve and I made close to 400 bucks. Just that know? night? Yeah. Cool. And I didn't get stabbed. There wasn't like too many. I thought I was gonna like have to mace somebody, but do you have to deal with a lot of dumbasses? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a dumbass too, so <laughs> you know. But you learn a lot about people, man. You learn like there's that thirty seconds of like, are, are they a talker? Do they want small talk? You know, mm -hmm. or uh, or not? You know. So there's like that little transition when they get in and yeah, find out if they're cool or not. Do you find most people want to speak to you or not? I think most people don't until I start talking, and then they're like, "All right, he's not a psychopath, and he's kind of funny." Yeah, you know, I get him laughing pretty pretty easily. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I did, I took a uh, an Uber. I forget where I was a couple weeks ago, out of town to the airport, and it was super early in the morning, and this guy had his windows completely rolled up, and I got within ten or fifteen feet of this car, and I could smell his cologne. Hmm. I was like, holy shit, that's coming from the car with the windows up. I yeah. popped the trunk, it was like, Whoa. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, God damn. Yeah, see, I'm... I'm, I'm... He was from Iran. God, I like... <laughs> I, any, I've never met an Iranian, personally, that I didn't like. I haven't met a ton of them, but they're all very, like, most of them are, that I've met are, like, gregarious and nice and, and kind of funny. And uh, But God damn, fellas, that cologne, I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know what kind of, if it's a cultural thing or what, but they abused the shit out oh, of yeah. me alone. I was like, dude, my eyes were watering and shit. I was like crying. Six in the morning, too. Oh, like, dude. if I'm putting cologne on, it's because I'm going out. Like, I'm going to try and meet a lady. Mm -hmm. But I'm not thinking about pussy at 6 a.m. That's a young man's <laughs> game. You know what I mean? I've, uh, I've been doing this thing on stage lately where I talk about uh, the word pussy, and I've changed it to puddin'. And, yeah. And, uh... It, 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 uh, have you seen me do that? Yeah, well, we were, when we were in uh, Huntington a couple weeks ago. Oh, God, that was, uh, yeah, I didn't like that show. I thought I was I thought like it was it. fine. Yeah, it was all right. But the... it's, it's such a gamble with that room, though, and you know this, you've been doing it a while, where, like, there's nobody there until showtime. Yeah. And then they all pile in. It's and, like, oh, okay. Cool. And you can't, you can't hear the laughs on stage, like, not always anyway. Like, I've had shows there. It's this one nighter in Huntington that I do every few months in Huntington Beach, and uh, you know it, it pays it pays okay. And the guy I like the guy that that uh, books it and everything, but sometimes you'll just feel like God, that was the worst shit I've ever done in my life. And you come off stage and people are coming up and they're like, "That was great, man!" Blah blah blah. Yeah. And you're like, "Fuck!" You just never know. But yeah. there are times where you're just like, "Man." And that was a weird show because remember there was a table full of twelve women. Yeah. Bachelorette party. But they're like older, kind yeah. of rich girls. Yeah. A couple of them, you know, probably had a checkered past. A couple <laughs> didn't. So it was a real hard table to work with. And right off the bat, I think I threatened to beat one of them. Right. Oh, yeah. Right <laughs> off the bat. Your second joke was like, I'll beat the fuck out of you, bitch, or something no, like that. No, that's not what I said. No, it wasn't that bad. But you went I've got a joke shit. where I say, where I say I beat women. A lot of people frown on that. But yeah, I find, yeah, I, yeah. I find it builds my confidence. And uh, so <laughs> that's the joke. I didn't threaten to 
beat a woman. <laughs> I'll kick your ass, man. <laughs> it's like I'm Tim Gaither. <laughs> I thought it was funny that it was just right off the bat you just went into it. I remember thinking like, I remember thinking as I was doing it, because she was talking like right as I got up there, and I remember thinking like, this might not be the best <laughs> way to start the best my way show. to start right out of the gate, especially in that room. But uh, it turned out fine. They were nice. Oh yeah. So Drake has had a uh, interesting life. You uh, you worked at the Bunny Ranch. I did. I'm wearing a Bunny Ranch shirt. Yeah, that's what reminded me of it. Um, yeah. Which is in is this one's in? right outside Carson City. This okay, the there's main... more than one. Yeah, so Dennis Hoff, the owner, he owns like seven brothels throughout okay. the state. So he's got four up north, like right outside of Reno, mm -hmm. and then two down south. You know, down south is the Love Ranch Vegas and the Alien Cat House. The Love Ranch Vegas is where all that Lamar Odom stuff happened. Oh, okay. You know, a couple years ago. Yeah. He tried to like kill himself. By burying himself in pudding? Yeah, and cocaine and all kind of <laughs> Hennessy and... Well, was, if you're you gonna kill yourself, them. yeah. That's if the you're gonna to kill yourself, it. cocaine, Hennessy, and pudding is not the uh, not the worst way to do it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was I thought the whole as a comedian, I was like, this is gold right here. This is what you pray for. Him and what's his name? Him and what's her name? They should have had a kid. What a beast athlete that kid would have been. Oh yeah, because she's not a small person no, either. There's a rumor that she is OJ's. Oh really? I don't know if that's true, but there's a rumor that that. Chloe Kardashian is OJ's, and when you look at how tall she is, and how you know she's not fat by any means, but she's a big girl. Oh yeah, and she looks like a freaking athlete. Um, yeah, so she certainly doesn't look like she came from Robert Kardashian's no. seed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you do at the Bunny Ranch? So I was a videographer. I have a degree in video production, and I was filming like profile videos for the girls. So you go to their online profile and it would say pictures, video, you know, I would do the video. So it was essentially me filming naked hookers for two years. And you quit that because why? <laughs> I know. I know. I had benefits. You wanted to tell jokes? You yeah, idiot? there you go. Nothing beats dick jokes, man. Because I, I walked away from an amazing job Yeah. to tell dick jokes, Yeah. you know, but once you, you get it in your system, man, it's, it's a tough thing to, to be. Yeah, I know. I bitch about stand-up all the time, and I threaten to quit all the time, but uh, the reality is I will never quit because uh, I, what am I going to do now? Yeah. I'm get a job somewhere. Yeah. Listen to someone's bullshit. Do you even know how to fill out a resume anymore? Like an application? Uh, I mean, I'm sure I could figure it out. <laughs> you could Google it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the idea of it, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, I was in Dallas a few weeks ago, and he was, I was like, trying to get together with him, and I was like, so what's your, what's your schedule like? He's like, I get up about six, and I get home about five, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, it's the worst. That just sounds brutal. It's and he's the got worst. three kids, and, and it just got a full plate, man. Um, and that makes me feel, that made me feel grateful. Um, oh, yeah. Because I do bitch about it sometimes, but I, again, what the hell else would I do? I just, uh. And, and it is great when you're up there and it's going the way it's supposed to and all that. Um, you know, and even when it's bad, it's like, well, it'll be over in 45 minutes. Yeah. Just keep taking it. Yeah. I, I said to a friend of mine the other day, I was like, that's why wrestlers make good stand-ups because we can take a beating. Right. Better than just about anyone. Exactly. And, and a lot of times in stand-up, that's what it feels like. It's like you're getting kicked in the balls yeah. in 45 minutes. 
I, I tell people I relate it to like what fighters go through. Yeah. Boxers. You know what I mean? Like one night you're killing, next night you're doing the same fight and you're eating shit. Yeah. In front of 12 Or they people. have an answer. That guy has an answer. The guy you're fighting tonight has an answer for everything. Yeah. Shit, this was so much easier last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just letting me have my way with them. Yeah. And now they're all fighting me. This is bullshit. It's, so, it's a huge mind fuck. Especially how, long, how long were you at the Bunny Ranch? Two years. Yeah. So you got some good stories out of there? Oh, yeah. Wow, man. Did you get, like, employee discounts? <laughs> no, I technically wasn't allowed to, like, bang the girls or anything. Technically. Technically, you know. Yeah. Was, which means, like, don't get caught. You know what I mean? <laughs> which I figured out later after I had left the Bunny Ranch. Like, oh, it's okay as long as, like... They're not crazy and start that's, a bunch of shit. That's don't they have? Is that where they film that real sex thing? Yeah, they had they a feel? show on HBO called Cat House, which I think is still maybe on reruns. You know, they filmed that like in the early two thousands. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, I got to know like Air Force Amy, who's like a a big part of the show and stuff. Did and you ever watch Real Sex? Oh yeah, in the nineties. Sometimes it'd be like. Oh, these chicks are hot. And then sometimes it'd be like, oh, God, this is so gross. Yeah. It's usually like, it's usually like that dirty old hippie and he's got like his dirty old hippie woman and they're, yeah. like, they're like, like, we like to eat peanut butter while we have sex. And yeah. Their feet are all dirty and you're <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but like, the sex education in this country is so behind the rest of the world. Real sex was like, yeah. Sex ed. Yeah. If you had cable TV. Yeah. But you're right. Like it would. It was. It would be one story where this woman's. You know, she's doing a class on eating pussy, and and everybody's hot. Pudding. Pudding. Excuse me. This is a family. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one is just like yeah, we, we're we're doing tantric sex on the beach, and everybody's fifty five and hairy. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, fat. Way too much light. Yeah. It's too much fucking, too much good camera work. Lighting is everything, dude. Like, I see some people in, uh, sometimes I'll be in Hollywood and I'll see someone and someone has to point them out to me because I never know who anyone is. And uh, it's so-and-so. And I'm like, really? They look like shit. You know? It's all lighting and makeup. Yeah. Those people who are behind the scenes in, uh, in movies... They're the ones who deserve all the fucking awards, not not the actors. Because if you've ever seen a, a commercial or or something being filmed, it looks so stupid. It's like, oh yeah, these are the worst actors I've ever seen. And then they put the lighting and the music and all that other bullshit they do, and you're like, this is the finished product, right? Those other guys deserve all the awards. And you were also uh, so you worked at a you worked at a. a uh, Brothel. Brothel. And you were in uh, pro wrestling. Yeah, I was in pro wrestling. You were a promoter, right? Uh, well, I wasn't a pr technically a promoter, but I started like... Did you ever actually wrestle? Yeah, I wrestled like okay. for about a year. So I started out as a wrestler. I trained as a wrestler for a year. Got my head kicked in for a year, you know. What did you wear? I wore like a singlet, like what you guys would wear in, uh, in amateur wrestling. Yeah. And... uh but, like, I would have, you know, I would train in a singlet with, like, a t-shirt on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, when I was, like, a character, it would be, I only did, like, a few characters. Like, uh, I see American History X here, so. Yeah. One, I did, like, a skinhead character for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Where it was just, like, a dicky shirt and fucking 
jean shorts and big wrestling boots, you know. And Were you uh, racist? No, I was racist? just like, oh, no, because no. that's a tough character to pull off, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there was like, this dude, Well, when though, you said skinhead. Yeah, but I was just a big, fat, bald guy, really. Like, I did, like, two shows with this. <laughs> that would be a hard thing to pull off. Yeah. Like, but I'm the racist warrior. Yeah, there was this guy <laughs> I met years later. I can't remember his name, but he was from uh, Portland. There was a big wrestling uh, community in Portland, right? Mm -hmm. And he came out with like a big Nazi flag and stuff. Oh wow! In, in Portland, big, yeah. Good which luck. Is, yeah, good luck. <laughs> but they hated him, you know, because of course. It's a real, well, I mean, any area. any any place in the country should hate that guy, but uh, especially fucking Oregon, man. Yeah, it's a tricky gimmick because <laughs> you don't you don't want people to get behind the gimmick. Right. Then you're out of race riot, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, he pulled it off, man. He's this big buff white dude, you know? Yeah. I can't remember his name. I think it was Wade something, but yeah, he, he could kind of pull it off. Everybody hated him. Everybody hated him. Yeah. But off stage, it was cool. He's a cool guy. Right. Except for the whole Nazi thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I wrestled at first, and then and it was sparingly. It was just like, hey, we need a guy to do a tag team match here. Can you do that? Yeah. Can you be in a battle royal? Cool. So I did. I did. Maybe I maybe have ten matches under my belt. Nothing. Did you, know you ever get I mean? to win? Uh, no, never. You never. Know, just got thrown over the top rope, and then I'd yell at some kid, and then that was it. But Don't they uh, get DQ'd <clears> if you throw you over the top rope. It depends on the match. You know, it depends on where you're wrestling. But uh, I I wrestled some. My last match was in uh, Lancaster, California, in front of like twelve people at this bar show. And I was working with some numb nuts who, like, he talked a good game backstage, but as soon as we were in the ring and we locked up, I realized, oh, shit, this dude's not trained at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're wrestling a little bit, and I call a really simple spot. And uh, he was supposed to give me a, just a shoulder tackle, and I take this big bump, you know? It's like the simplest thing to do ever. So he, instead of giving me a shoulder tackle and working the move, he stepped on my foot and ran me over. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So when I took the bump, my ankle just exploded. Oh, shit. You know, I broke it and dislocated it. You know, the thing was pointing the other way. You know what I mean? I had it on YouTube for a while. It was a nasty break. Ugh. But, uh, so that was the end of my, like, physical career. So I went back into school, finished my degree in video production, and then I started, like, filming wrestling. Okay. You know, and then doing commentary and stuff, and... How did that? Uh, how did that match end? Was it over right then? Well, I told the guy I was such an idiot. I was like, "Pin me, asshole! <laughs> the match is over." Yeah. You know, so he pinned me, and uh, and I'm such a camera whore that I was like, "Get a camera! I'm gonna cut a promo." So I cut a promo with my ankle hanging off to the side. You know, oh, and I was talking about some other guy. You know, and then the ambulance came, took me to the hospital. They wanted to cut my wrestling boot. But I had just paid like 250 bucks for these nice boots. I was like, you're not cutting my boot, man. You know? So they just cut the laces. Mm -hmm. You know? But I uh, had to have surgery and stuff. Still got six screws in it. How did, why did they let that guy even wrestle? Well, in the wrestling business, especially at that time, uh, they weren't good on verifying if you were a talent or not. Yeah. So these guys would just show up to a wrestling show with a little rolly bag. And their gear, they just say, yeah, I'm a wrestler. And if they dropped a few names, they'd say, all right, well, let's throw them in there. You know what I mean? Kind yeah. of give them like a tryout. And that's what was happening with this dude. 
Huh. They said, Drake, you get this new guy. I said, all right. You know, he said he was trained by so-and-so or whatever, which is, like I said, there's not a way to, like, at that point, like, you couldn't really Google something on your phone real quick. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like in amateur wrestling, it, it's funny we call it amateur wrestling because it's actually the real wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can always tell. I can talk to someone for about two, right. two minutes, and I know if they wrestled or if they really wrestled. Mm-hmm. And if it's a guy who's like, you know, bullshitting or talking about, I can always tell. You know, like this guy, <laughs> this guy that uh, um, the guy who is like the I don't know what his job title is at my eye doctor, but he's if he's not gay, he's um, the most effeminate straight guy I've ever met. <laughs> um, which I don't give a shit if he's gay, but it was funny. I was like, he was like, I had a wrestling t-shirt on, which I almost always do, and uh, he was like, I wrestled in high school. And I was like, <laughs> you did, huh? And he's like, yep, I had four fights. And I was like, <laughs> you call them fights, I call huh? them fights, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And when someone says, uh, um, you know, I played, I'm like, no, you yeah, you didn't play. You don't play wrestling. No, it's it's, it's a different thing. It's always funny when someone's like, "How long did you play?" <laughs> I wrestled for fifteen years. Yeah, I never, I never played at it. But, exactly. Uh, yeah, how did you get into that anyway? Well, I was always a fan, just you know, from growing up. It all did you always want to be a wrestler? No, uh, but I was super athletic. I know it doesn't look like it, but I was super athletic when I was in high school: football, baseball, basketball. You know. I've learned not to judge a book by its cover as far as that shit goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But but the the internet was so prevalent for wrestling in the 90s, you really got like a a good sense of like what it was like backstage and how to get in the business. And uh, Beyond the Mat came out, which was a wrestling movie, and it talked about like training for wrestling and stuff. So when I graduated high school... Uh, I didn't get a scholarship anywhere, but I was still like really athletic. So I just made the decision, like, all right, well, I'm gonna, I want to be a professional wrestler. Did you you didn't wrestle in high school though? No, but I tried wrestling for a year in eighth grade, and uh, I was there. I wrestled like three matches and destroyed two guys because I was bigger than they were, mm-hmm. and I knew one move, the half Nelson. Yeah. Which was the easiest, you know, you know how fat half Nelson is. You just hook the guy, roll sure. over, boom. So I dominated these two guys and thought I was king shit. <laughs> and then there was one dude, and I was heavyweight. So this guy was a heavyweight too, but he was like barely a heavyweight. Yeah. He was like 190 or Super whatever. Super fast. Super fast, ripped, and he ate my lunch, dude. Like yeah. I was sweating. I could tell he was he was messing with me. You know what I mean. He let me get away, and then he would take me right back down. Yeah, that's so the worst. He humiliated the hell out of me, and I was like, "I'm I'm done with this. I can't do it." There I wanted like, to elbow drop and pile drive and right. suplex, and I wanted to jump off the top rope. Yeah, this is none of that stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Another thing I didn't like about it too, and I don't know if you can relate to this because you're in pretty good shape, but as a fat guy wearing that singlet. I had, like, no penis at all. Like, <laughs> it looked just so tiny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't, I, that's another thing that affected me is, like, dude, everybody in this room knows that I have no dick at all. 
<laughs> and I tried like stuffing some socks and stuff, but that just made it look worse. Yeah, because then what if it got off to the side and then you've got this big one? <laughs> yeah, then you'd know. Like, it's okay if you got a really big cock. You're like, all right. It, well, it doesn't matter if you have a big penis or not, because when you're wrestling, uh, that all, you're blood is everywhere I know besides your penis so <laughs> but that really had a lot to do with it I was like if I'm playing football or basketball you wear these big shorts right. you have no idea what I got going on well <laughs> it makes a lot of sense because now they're a lot of high schools they're adopting and middle schools they're uh, they're adopting this two-piece thing where you can wear like a t basically a t-shirt and shorts like compression shirt and shorts but it's a t-shirt and shorts and uh there a lot of people would argue that that's why kids don't get into it because they're sub they're self conscious oh, yeah. in a singlet and all that yeah and, and it doesn't matter if you're skinny or fat you're still sub self conscious when you're when you're wearing a singlet sometimes um so yeah I could I could see how that yeah but I think that's why wrestlers are so tough man you got to especially at that level with your hormones raging you're 15 years old the whole, you got a thousand people looking at you yeah. there's not a way to pass a ball off. Yeah, you know, and get the attention on somebody else, or whatever. And it's, it's great when you're universe. winning, but if you're getting your ass, beat. yeah, it's real humiliating. Yeah. I could probably do it now, just because as a comedian, like we're pretty hard to embarrass. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we make our money from people laugh. So if I got humiliated now, I would just brush it off and go on to the next match. But at the time, man, yeah, I got a little dick, and some guy just humiliated me in front of like <laughs> 1,500 screaming people. Yeah, today is, uh, <laughs> actually, today is not, I, I'm not sure if it was today or a couple days ago, but it's been 17 years now since I've had a day job. Um, wow. And it made me think about the first time I went on stage, which is almost 19 years ago. Uh, January 11th will be 19 years since I first did it. And, uh, gosh, I can't believe how fucking fast time goes. Oh, yeah. Because I remember that shit like it was yesterday. I had 11 friends come. And I got like applause breaks and shit. I was like, I remember thinking like, I remember thinking in my head like, you know, I've heard how hard stand-up mm -hmm. is. I was, I was like, I don't know if that applies to me. Like, yeah. I think I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. And I did pretty well like the first seven or eight times. And I was really starting to get cocky about mm -hmm. it. And then the first time I got paid, I got $8. I made, <laughs> I made uh, it was called the Best of Kansas City. And I made $8 on a Tuesday. And it was the first time I ever just ate shit. And mm -hmm. I didn't get a laugh until like my very last joke. And I remember coming off stage and I was like, fuck that, I quit, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've been funny my whole life. I don't need people, you know, yeah. me and telling right. me I'm funny. Anyway, and then this guy came in, Brian Burgess, and just destroyed uh, this room. They like, me and Chris Porter were on the same show and somebody else. And uh, Chris was just, Chris, Chris had been doing about a year and a half and he was headlining this Best of Kansas City thing. But... He went short, and I went short, and everybody went short, and the manager's like freaking out. Mm -hmm. And then in walks Burgess, who'd been doing it for 15 years, and just went up there and took this audience that none of us had been able to do shit with, and he just fucking killed it from start to finish. He was so good and so professional. And if, if I hadn't been in there and watched him, I may have never done it again. Right. But I watched him, and I was like, all right, dude, see the difference? Yeah. That's, that's what experience does. Yeah. Because we all just did not well and then he came in and just and did what i feel like i could do now you know oh yeah um it, which is walk into a shitty situation and make it make it okay yeah and, and i learned so much from that guy the littlest stuff like like when you go to take the mic stand a lot of times the the cord gets hung up on the mic on the stand 
And it's the littlest stuff like that. Like an amateur will kind of freak. It, it's kind of a, it kind of sucks when the mic cord's tangled oh, yeah. or whatever and you, you don't know what to do and you're just up there and you're trying to untangle this. But a professional will just take his time, right? unwrap that shit, put it off. Yeah. Just the little stuff like that. He did that and he would smoke on stage and he just looked, he was such a rock star about this shit. And uh, anyway, he was uh, he was he was one of the best. It's a shame he didn't keep doing it. But yeah, let's see what else did I want to ask you here? Uh, how's it been going in LA? You been getting any spots? Not really, and it's mostly my fault, just because you know, like I said, I've been just trying to survive out here. I'm on my buddy's couch, who's been like so gracious to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just yeah, yeah just stay on the couch as long as you want, man. Eat whatever you want. You know, it's been great. But at the same time, like, I feel bad, so I try to just, like, not be there as much, you know, because he's got kids now and stuff, oh, yeah. so it's a little... So Uncle Drake is always... Uncle Drake's the, there, yeah. The and they're totally fine with it, but it's my own mental thing, like, sure. dude, I gotta get an apartment. All right, let me shop for apartments, two grand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I never, I've never had two grand in my life to just be like, let me put that down on an apartment. Dude, I you wish know? our mortgage was two grand. <laughs> uh, we'd have a lot more money every month. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we got a shed out there now, buddy. That thing's pretty good. Yeah. You can live in that sunbed. I might take, take you up on that, man. <laughs> yeah, speaking so, of wrestling, I'm going to make a wrestling room out of my garage and, uh, there will be a mat out there, so that might be comfortable for you. But I think I could handle a mat. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, it's expensive as shit out here, but the weather is always nice. You know, every morning I've been trying to get up and and be grateful about something, and and the weather is always something I'm grateful for. Yeah. Uh, I went back to uh, I think I was in Dallas, and it was even cold there, and you know, like freezing and shit, and you forget. Until you're in other parts of the country where it is fucking cold. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, God. Like, I went to Columbus last year, and I did the commentating for the Big Ten Network. Yeah. And I got locked out of the building for a minute. You know those doors that don't even have knobs on them? They just close, and you yeah. look, and you're it's just a flat. Yeah. I was stuck outside for a few minutes, and I thought I was going to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> this is inhuman. And, the, and, you know, dickheads, they're always like, this ain't nothing. I'm oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking pretty cold, ass. Yeah. There's always that guy. Your this body, ain't hot. This ain't cold. I'm like, your, your okay. body gets acclimated to wherever you're living at, you know? Yeah, that's true, I guess. But they always got to brag about that shit, too. There's always that guy. Um, so you still feel weird when you do go to the comedy store? Yeah, I feel like I still have to walk on eggshells there. What do you mean you by know? that? Uh, well, it's, it's weird. Because on any given night... I usually know at least one or two people that I've worked with in Reno or somewhere on the road, and yeah. and that's really cool. But I don't know any of the management. I don't know the process of getting up or whatever. So I I just kind of do like I'll sign up for the open mics, which you know it, it, on Mondays, and then the Kill Tony spot. You know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, like I think I can get you on that open mic any every week if you want. Yeah, see, that, that would be awesome. Yeah, you know, can. So if you want, I can get you up there every Monday. Yeah, that'd be that would be fucking I think, awesome. I, I probably shouldn't say this on this on this podcast. <laughs> you get hit up with like every fucking days. open micer. Hey man, within a two hour radius. I heard what you did for Drake. Can yeah, you hook me up. I heard you made his career. But uh, I, I I just don't want to uh, 
I fuck up there, you know, because it's like, that's kind of my goal there is to become a regular, you know, not that it does. I wouldn't worry about fucking up. That place is designed to fuck up. Like, I didn't even know this about the Comedy Store until a few weeks ago I saw Argus Hamilton had written something about the Comedy Store on his, uh, on his Facebook, and he said, uh, the room is soundproofed, so you can't hear the laughs, like, they don't bounce off the walls like they normally, you know, in some rooms, like, you know, so it's, it's almost joke to joke, it's like, that room, so in other words, that room was designed to be hard, mm -hmm. she designed it that way, mm -hmm. that's why the lights are so freaking bright, that's why the, the room is soundproof, that's, you know, she wanted it to be really fucking hard, Yeah. and so I wouldn't worry about that, just, um, just get up as often as you can, and, yeah, yeah, and, you know, if he sees you and likes you, then, then he'll put you in the, uh, whatever they do on Mondays, that, uh, friends and family, and all yeah, that. and, uh, but yeah, I can, I'm sure I can, you know, shit, I can help you do this. Yeah, your name's on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't, somebody the other night was like, uh, so when did you get passed, and I was like, um, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, and they're like, what month? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. And they're like, you don't know when you got past the comedy store? And I was like, well, it's not that I don't appreciate it or think it's cool or respect it or any of that, because I do, and I, you know, especially because Mitzi passed me and all that, but I've been doing it for a living for 10 years before I got out here, yeah. so I guess I didn't realize what a big deal it was um, in a lot of people's eyes. To me, it was just like, well, yeah, I should be a regular. I've been doing this, I've been headlining a rooms like, yeah why wouldn't I be able to do a 15 minute right spot um but it's a cool thing it's historical and there's only been like 500 paid regulars yeah since uh they opened right so over the course of 40 years 500 is not a lot no you know um but I wouldn't worry about fucking up it's like I said it's it's the comedy store it's supposed to be like an artist colony right you know? and and we all forget that because you want to do well there but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know? It's a tough thing for me, too, and, and uh, you know how it is. Like you, you just said, you were you were headlining and uh, doing it for 10 years before you went. So having to kind of start over at the bottom is, is very humbling, especially yeah. like when a lot of those guys that are grinding on the way up, they've never been paid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was in L.A. like a week, and... Uh, I think I got a paid spot somewhere and I brought that up to somewhere. Yeah, I just did a little thing, 80 bucks or whatever. And they're like, oh my God, I've been doing comedy two years. I've never been paid. So I have to shut the fuck up when, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's definitely a different thing. I heard somebody say, uh, you shouldn't expect to make a nickel for 10 years. And I was like, 10 years? <laughs> like, how bad do you suck? <laughs> yeah. And when you've I performed mean, everywhere else, not everywhere else, but yeah. the majority of the country... You can make good money, yeah. or at least money to survive on. Oh, in Kansas and, City, and there, there were two hundred dollar one nighters all the time. Yeah, and you get three or four of those a week. Well, you know that's not bad. You can pay your rent. Yeah, or, or almost. And you know? and and you might have to drive an hour or so, but you could. You'd make two or three hundred bucks. And if you do a one nighter here, you'll be lucky if you make seventy five bucks. Yeah, you know. So you have to go on the road or actually to actually make any money and. Uh, but it, it kind of spoils you. It, it does spoil you. You get out here and people look at you like you're crazy when you're like, does that pay anything? Yeah. No. If I ask that question, I'm an arrogant <laughs> asshole. Yeah. I mean, the comedy store will pay you and the Laugh Factory and the Improv and uh, Comedy Magic Club, which I'm fortunate enough to do spots at. But 
you still can't, unless you're doing main room spots at the comedy store, you can't make a living in LA. No. Just staying in LA no. and just doing comedy. I mean, maybe if you did live in a shed, uh, you know, you can make a thousand dollars a month and be okay. But, right. But I, it's made me really appreciate when I do go on the road. You know, I love being able to do 45, 50 minutes to an hour. Yeah, really take your time. Yeah, getting a paycheck at the end of the week and all that stuff. And Yeah, I've heard some guys from L.A., and I've said this on the podcast before, but I've heard some L.A. comics shit on road comics and be like, you know, they think we're all hacks and this and that. And I'm like, you understand those people are doing what you aspire to do. Right. right? Like, make money, kind yeah. of jokes. Yeah, I got that when I first came out here. Somebody invited me to do some mic at some uh, sports bar up in North Hollywood or whatever. Ten guys on the show, and there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did my set, and someone's like, yeah, you sound like you got a lot of road on you. And I was like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? You know what I mean? What did he mean by that? I have no idea, but well, I just assume he meant, like, I, I used my material that I've been using for a while or something like that. Did he mean it as a negative thing? Yeah. Sounded negative? Yeah. Well, there's some truth to it. I wasn't doing Sepulveda jokes or whatever, <laughs> you know? Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of LA comics and I'm saying, I'm, I'm using air quotes uh, when I say comics because some of them have no fucking clue what they're doing and they have no jokes at all and they think, they just go up there and talk about, you just talk about my day. It's like, no, dickhead. Have some stuff ready. You know, write right. some shit. Try some, you know. And I, so I get it and I don't because the one, the couple things, Bobcat Goldthwait said this to me. Um, he goes, the road is great and it can be bad. Like if, if you stay on the road too often or that's all you do and you're constantly... He's like, you also can pick up some bad habits. You can, you cuss too much, you drink too much. You know, there's some definitely some things that you uh, can't get away with in, in Hollywood or, uh, I shouldn't say can't get away with, but um, it, it is different. Um, so it's nice to have a little, you, you should probably have a blend of, of both. Um, and I tell people all the time, you have to learn how to be funny everywhere. Right. If you're only funny at the comedy store, well, good for you. Yeah. But there's not, you know, there's a lot of other places throughout the country that just because you did that work at the comedy store yeah. doesn't mean it's going to work on the right. road. You know, then so you got to be well-rounded. and Yeah, you might have a killer uh, 110 South joke yeah. that murders here because everybody knows what it's like to be on that shitty 110 or whatever. Yeah. That's not going to play in Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Or, you know, Missoula, Montana or Boise. Or ninety-nine percent of the freaking country. Grants Pass, Oregon. Your Trump stuff might murder out here, but you know you can't do that in half the country. <laughs> yeah. Where uh, Where else have you been trying to get up? Anywhere? Not really. You know, just like I said, I'm trying to survive. So, you know, I, I would I would like to start doing like flappers and and uh, get into the Laugh Factory here because I mean I'm hooked up in Reno and Vegas, but the Hollywood one's a little bit different ball game, you know? Yeah. And I uh, haven't done Long Beach yet, so I'd like to do that one, you know? But, uh, yeah, man, I'm just really just kind of <clears throat> want to go up maybe two, three times a week just to stay fresh and start. I'm at the point, too, where, like, I hate a lot of my material. Mm -hmm. So I got to just, 
you know, start rewriting shit. How did that? Falling into that thing of like, you know, Ralphie May talked a lot about that before he passed, where like when he first started out the first couple years, he was doing nothing but bat jokes and it killed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's a lot of my shit. It's just, you know, my fat stuff and the fat guy problems I go through or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, do I want to always be a fat comedian? No, I'd rather be a comedian that either used to be fat or happens to be fat. You know what I mean? I don't like being fat, you know? Well, it's, if, if, you know, if that's all you have, too, and then you lose weight, it's like, well, shit. Yeah, now all that material's <laughs> gone. What am I going to do? And I've seen people that that used to be heavy and then they lost a bunch of weight and they're still trying to do that shit. And I'm it didn't like, work. Hey man. <laughs> yeah. My buddy, uh, Rick DeLeo, who's like a mentor of mine, uh, Boston guy was telling me, he's like, dude, you're not that fat anymore. You know, cause I have lost a little bit of weight. Yeah. I can you tell know? that. So it's like, I just got to start scrapping stuff and, you know, find my voice. Do you, do I want to be a, <clears throat> joke teller or a storyteller or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, Ralphie May was a writing fool, dude. That oh, guy, yeah. That guy was always... And, and it just sucks that he, you know... He had a heart attack, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've been telling my buddies lately who, uh, you know, I'm, in, I'm 42 now, so it's not like I'm old by any means, but this is the age that people start dropping dead if they don't take care of themselves, like... You know, just, you can't drink and eat the way you did when you're 20 or, you know, I mean, I, I think I, a guy from my high school passed away just a couple of days ago and I'm not sure how he died, but I think it may have been a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so we're at that age where, how old are you? You're still pretty young. 37. Right? Oh, you're 37? I thought you were like late 20s or something. Well, thank you. are welcome. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you were. I got a baby face. face. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, man, uh, got to take care of yourself, Drake. Oh, yeah. I feel good. I'm back in the gym, you know, a couple times a week, you know, just kind of cardio right now, and then, yeah, eventually I'll start lifting a little bit, and it's hard to have a consistent diet when I never know when, like, yeah. if I'm going to be able to cook or what, you know what I mean, so. Yeah. I just got this thing for Christmas, this Bowflex Max Trainer. Oh, Yeah. Just putting it together is probably work out, huh? Uh, we had somebody do this. Nice. Shit. I was like, I, I don't know. It actually, I felt stupid after they put it together because I was like, well, shit, I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, money. but it is fucking hard, man. Like, really? if you do the, if you do it, the interval thing, it's only a 14 minute workout, but like, it starts you off right off the bat, like doing a 25 second sprint and then. After 14 minutes, you're like, now I see why that's only 14 minutes. Yeah. But if I can if I can get to where I can do the whole thing and sprint throughout the whole thing, like it, like the workout's designed, I'm like, I'm going to enter a wrestling tournament. <laughs> One more. One old-timers wrestling tournament yeah. or something. Because they have them all over the Midwest around, uh, usually in the summertime. Really? Yeah. And if I, can, uh, if I can get to where I can do that, I'm like, shit, that's... I can do that for 14 minutes, the whole thing. Like... The whole workout, like the the where you sprint every time rather than just kind of half-assing it. Yeah. Because if you sprint that whole time, like every time it calls for it, dude, I did it once, and by the end of it, I was like, I'm gonna go slower next time. <laughs> like I thought I was gonna fucking die. So you're lucky. You're still in pretty good shape. So I mean, that's that's a reasonable. Well, not drinking is the biggest. Yeah. Uh, that that's been it's been almost seven years, six years six years and ten months since I drank, and. uh 
Do you drink much? You're not much of a drinker. Not much. Maybe after a show or something. Yeah. Yeah. I it uh, it'll take its toll on you, man. And I see some of my friends like from high school that are still drinking the same way, and I'm like, man. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't. You know. I just don't want you to die. Yeah. You know? I don't want to hear about it. You yeah. Know? Like, oh, so and so fucking kicked off last night. I'm like, I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. I grew so, up with like alcoholic parents too oh you did yeah i mean they were sober when i was growing up but like they would take me to AA meetings from the age of five to like 12 oh really so i used to listen to these stories that these adults would tell about drinking and stuff and it was like a real hardcore education about the dangers of drugs and alcohol so it was just always something i was always very conscious of you know what i mean so both your parents uh were 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 alcoholics but then were they and drug addicts at one point so like but you've never known them that way no I just remember the meetings, you know, but my dad, that's part of the reason. So they've been sober for like 40 years. Yeah. They smoke pot now because they're old and it's legal and stuff, but and it helps them sleep and pain and stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, like they were real, you know, it really instilled in me, like you have an addictive personality, which I do. I can't even give up cheeseburgers. So like <laughs> if I did anything higher than mushrooms, like if I, if I ever did Coke, like I know I'd like it, Yeah, you know, so I just don't do it. And if I do drink, it's just, you know, a couple, you know, and then cut it off. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this because uh, I've tried mm-hmm. cocaine a handful of times. Not for a long, long, long time. But uh, I never really saw what the appeal was. Yeah. You know? Um, if anything, especially like the people you, like, one time I did it with this guy and and he kept talking and talking and talking. <laughs> I was conscious of the fact that I was like, if I was sober right now, I would never talk to this guy. <laughs> but something about that cocaine, I was just like, totally just intent, oh, yeah. intently listening to this bullshit. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's really for me. <laughs> and one time I did a, I did a line in like Tampa, Florida and, uh, it did something to my nose. Like, it just hurt so bad. Mm. It must have been shitty or something. And uh, I, I don't think I ever did it after that. So maybe two or three times I tried it and uh, never really never really enjoyed it. So Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is that noise? Sounds like a dog. No, I think it's the... Uh, I've got this front door thing now where if anytime somebody walks in front <laughs> of the house, like, it makes this noise. It's like this, <laughs> it's like this camera... Um, goes out to the street anyway we can totally like spy on people nice kind of cool. but uh we've been at this for about 50 minutes so we can 50 just, have we wow yeah. time goes yeah fast, it man. does go fast um and i haven't done it for a minute so i skipped a couple weeks i was on the road and then i was sick for a minute and blah 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 but i'm glad you came on today and i appreciate you doing it and well, uh, thanks for having me man yeah is there anything else you want to talk about uh, not really. I'm going to be in Reno next week at the Silver Legacy Laugh Factory. If you're uh, in the area, come on out. And then I'm doing a one-nighter somewhere in Northern California, Monterey, some winery. Yeah. That'll be fun. Oh, in Monterey? It's like right outside of Monterey. Oh, um, that's a probably a different... No, Morro Bay. That's where I did a show. Okay. I don't know about anything about Monterey. I'll have to check exactly where it's at. That'll be fun. I, I wanted to, uh, tell the listeners I, I, uh... I talked to my buddy Hank today. He's a uh, 92-year-old uh, World War II veteran, and this guy is such a stud. He's—I uh, talk to him. I don't know, maybe once a month, 
once every couple of weeks, he'll call me. He's like, it's old Hank here. <laughs> <laughs> so I ain't talked to you. I've been on the rip and run. He's always saying rip and run. <laughs> and uh, he lives about two hours from Columbus. And I was like, well, I work in Columbus about once a year. I'll let you know. As soon as I get booked, I'll let you know. And he's like, well, I'd love to come see you. I was like, well, do you have somebody drive you, or do you still drive? Or he's like, shit, two hours. I still ride my motorcycle two hours. Jesus. And this guy looks great. I don't know if he's got, he, he almost looks like he might have uh, Asian in his family somewhere. Mm -hmm. He just, his, his eyes look like he might have um, background, Asian background somewhere. And he just, his face has like no wrinkles. I'll, I'll show you a picture yeah. when we get off here. It's, it's insane. And, and I saw him at the airport. And he was, he was, his son, his son's 68 years old and they just went on this motorcycle trip together and wow. his son, and this is Hank's word, he's like, my son rode bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so he's driving his son in this like, it's like sidecar. Um, but I, I saw him at the airport and, and he was rolling by and he had this World War II hat on and I was just sitting there and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go talk to that guy. I was like, how many more, how many World War II veterans are even still, still alive, alive yeah. much less that I'm ever going to get to speak to. Right. So I, I kind of had to, I mean, he'd been gone for a good minute, you know, and so I had to kind of run through the airport a little bit, just jog a little bit to find him. And when I did, I was like, hey, man, I just wanted to say hi and, and talk to you for a second. And we had a good conversation, and then uh, um, now we talk at least, you know, like I said, once a month, and, and he's funny, man. He still drinks, and... Uh, talks about chasing pudding and <laughs> 92 years old um yeah different breed man yeah that generation fucking tanks yeah you know and he uh i bet he still cooks and stuff you know what i mean yeah i, I kind of felt bad today he was like sometimes it gets a little lonely you know i'm like yeah i was like i understand that you know i'm alone a lot of my a lot too but you know all his friends he's only got he's you know He's only got a few friends left, you know. I'm surprised he, he's got a few left from that are still in their 90s. Oh, yeah. They go out and drink. And oh, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. All kinds of shit. So, so God bless Hank. And his name is Hank Hankison. <laughs> <laughs> Hank Hankinson here. Yeah. It's Hankison. He, he corrected me on that. I was like, <laughs> Hank Hankinson? What kind of badass name is that? He's like, it's Hankison. So, Hankison. Hankison. He's like, everybody thinks it's... He just calls him, he, every time he calls me, it's old Hank. And uh, he's funny, dude. Cracks me up. But I uh, appreciate you being on here, buddy. I've got to go to a doctor's appointment here in a minute. But uh, so we'll kick this thing off. But uh, God bless you. Thanks, yeah, for thanks man. Appreciate yeah. it, brother. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Check out timgathercomedy.com. Check out the, uh, I've got seven weeks booked for 2018. So uh, two in January, two in February, two in March, and I think one in May. So. See when I'm going to be in a city near you. I'm going to Looney's in Colorado Springs in uh, about eight days. I'll be there the 11th through the 13th. So check out TimGatherComedy.com. You can follow all my shit on TimGatherComedy.com. Uh, help out little Bo Macon at MakingItHappen.com. And thanks for listening. God bless all of you. Bye.